Welcome to the Building Doctor Show with Jens Johansson. Jump into the first screen. Welcome everybody to the Building Doctor Show. Today we are joined by two special guests here. Uh, we're going to talk about disclosures and forms. And so welcome to the show. I am your host, Jens Johansson. I'm going to put that right there. And I am glad to see you here today to learn more about your buildings. And so if you haven't been to the show before, welcome. And uh, this show is about sharing information and resources for you to keep your buildings in good condition and therefore achieve maximum value and keep your community happy and not fighting amongst yourselves. So <clears throat> like I said today, and as you can tell from the picture, we have two guests, Brandy Hecker from Caliber Home Loans today, and Monica Kessler from John L. Scott Real Estate. Uh, and let's see, let's jump into the sponsor. Today's sponsor is J2 Building Consultants. We're a fantastic group of engineers, designers, and project managers that help diagnose, prescribe, and treat sick buildings. So just like a doctor, we diagnose the problem, prescribe the right repair plan, and help you treat the problem by overseeing contractors to make sure they put the building back together correctly. You can find J2 in Seattle, Portland, and Salt Lake City and the surrounding states and find them on the web at j2consultants.com. But our guest today, Monica, is a real estate broker with John L. Scott, and she has been helping clients successfully navigate the buying and selling process in the Pacific Northwest for nine years. She takes great pride in offering excellent service and expertise. And Brandy is a loan originator with Caliber Home Loans. She has been originating and leading large teams in the Pacific Northwest for over 15 years and is passionate about helping others and being active in her community. So welcome, Monica and Brandy. You can turn your microphones on and say hi. Do you want to give us a little spiel about who you are? Monica, go first. Yeah. Hi, I'm Monica Kessler I'm with John L. Scott, and I've been working in real estate for nine years around the Pacific Northwest. I love working with buyers and sellers. This market has been crazy and a learning experience for everyone. I do have a teaching background. And so education, educate, educating my clients, buyers and sellers is just absolutely what I'm passionate about. Awesome. Welcome. Brandy? Hi, Brandy Hecker. I've been with Caliber Home Loans. I've been with Caliber just about a year and a half before that. I've worked for a number of different lenders um, in the area. And managing big teams, I was able to see lots of different loan scenarios come across the, my desk. So I do like to be able to, like Monica, ensure that my, my buyers are, even with refinances, that I'm able to help navigate that situation and make sure that they are educated in, um, in the best solutions for them. So thank you for having me today, Jens. Hey, you bet. Happy to be awesome. here. <laughs> yeah, good. Glad to have you. So now that you know who we are, we're going to run a little poll. You can tell us about who you guys are. This helps us uh, kind of tailor the answers so we can understand, are you a board member? Are you a property manager? What state are you in? Et cetera. And so we'll run that poll here for a second while we're talking about the rest of the show, the show for this or the format for this show is, is webinar based. So you can attend live and ask Q&A questions, but you can also submit your questions online and get the recording and play it later. We get it 3.30 on a Tuesday. A lot of us are working, but uh, if you're like me, you'll watch your 
you'll watch your recorded replays whenever you have time and it, it uh, you can learn while you go. But another format reason for this is, is so that we can almost kind of talk classroom. And today we're going to vary from the usual, here's the seven or eight questions that we got throughout the month that we're building Dr. Show worthy. Today we're talking about two forms and why we wanted to bring these forms to you. One is a brand new form and one has been updated and both we're going to see really challenging to uh, condo boards as well as just all, all real estate transactions uh, involving condos. So it's, it's a little bit different, but you'll still be able to ask your live Q&A, put that into the Q&A tab, which is above, and uh, Brooke, the producer, will help sort those out and get that going for you. So let's, let's see, who's, see who's in the, in the, in the poll here. We're going to end it. We're going to share the results. We've got Washington, Oregon represented. We've got some managers and board members. Uh, and uh, have you been through a repair project before? Yes, 40% of you have. So good, good, good. So we'll wrap that up. Now, disclaimers. This show is free, so put away your credit card. We're not selling you anything. We're not asking you to buy a thing. And this show is for educational content only. We Monica, Brandy, and I are not giving legal, financial, or engineering advice, and I'm not a medical doctor. We are just people on the internet that have helped thousands of people with their building problems, and we've seen what worked and what didn't when it comes to purchasing and financing and just managing your board around that, trying to maintain high values in your community and trying to reduce the friction for buy-sell. So we hope that this will benefit you and you'll get some, get some good information out of it. If you're curious about any of our backgrounds, we can put our CVs in the chat and you can look up Brandy and Monica with their, with their information that uh, will be in the chat, but it'll also be in a couple of screens later. So today is episode three. It is May, 2022. We have returned from Memorial Day weekend. A few of us are still rubbing our eyes and, and saying I need a vacation from my vacation. But as I alluded to earlier, today we're going to spend time talking about two forms, Form 17 and the Fannie Mae Form 1076A. So Form 17, if anybody has bought and sold a property, you'll know that's about uh, the seller disclosure. And that's a fairly normal form, but it has changed. And so Monica is going to take us through some of this stuff. And, and in today's format, we are going to, you'll hear from both Monica and Brandy about these pieces, and, and I might even throw in a tidbit here and there. But I have the little thing covered up with my arrows. There we go. So, okay, boom, next slide. Here comes form 17. So, <clears throat> Monica, how has this form changed? And I'm going to click through. It's just what we're going to talk about today is three sections, section four, section six, section 10. What is the biggest change? And is it, is it just question 10? To me, I absolutely think it's question 10, which basically is asking a seller, is there anything else a buyer should know about your property? And that is a very wide question. So right. there are little changes in there, but to me, fundamentally, that's the biggest one. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go through it. So I'm taking it a little bit out of context, just starting at four. On the right side, you'll see four blue boxes. And you're supposed to check yes, no, don't know, and then NA for not applicable. So has the basement flooded? Well, it doesn't have a basement, so NA. And then kind of some more housekeeping down that right side, you'll see 122, 123. Those are line numbers so that if you check yes or, you know, yes or no, oops, the, uh, if you check yes or no to those, you will go on to explain it later down below. So you'll say line 126, 4A, has the roof leaked in the last five years? Yes, it has, but here's the bid that we got to fix it and they fixed it. And so it allows you to give some information around that. But <clears throat> some of the things we see from J2 side of the fence we, we actually get called in to help with claim processes where a buyer and a seller are, are mad at each other and the attorneys want a construction expert to kind of sort out, you know, uh, this form, you know, was there roof leaks? Can we tell if it was in the last five years? Uh, you know, what information can we learn from that? But, you know, roof leaking in the last five years, that's a pretty straightforward question. Yes or no? Here's an interesting one. Have there ever been any additions or remodeling? Yes or no. And were permits obtained? Yes or no. So again, in this fast market that we've been working in, we get a lot of real estate flippers or you know whatever they're doing and they jump into a repair project and they do a bunch of work. They didn't get a permit. They tried to do it on the down low. And, and then now they have to say, yeah, don't worry about it. We didn't do any remodeling or whatnot. So, Monica, have you seen problems coming out of this remodeling stuff? Because obviously, here's the flyer newly remodeled kitchen, right? Or newly, you know, whatever done. And then this form comes out and it says no remodeling done or don't know. And it's like, wait a minute, I got two documents I'm talking about here. What, what do you see there? Oh, I've seen it cause problems. I've seen deals fall apart based on this and mm -hmm. the seller has to go back and go through the lengthy process of getting permits. It's more geared towards um, single family where we see issues, but it can hold mm -hmm. up uh, a, a lot and you can lose buyers over it because a lender, and Brandy can speak to this more, a lender is gonna look at that and say, whoa. And, and again, we're talking about structures um, but if they've added rooms, removed right. rooms, um, I would always recommend get your permitting done. Do your due diligence on the front end to prevent those headaches. Right. And yeah. As as a lender, I would never, or for the the experiences I've seen, I would never do work without permitting. I mean, moving walls, plumbing, anything that could potentially require a permit, I would get cleared just because it's going to come up on the appraisal. The appraiser is going to compare the original um, floor plans that the county has approved. And if the floor plan's different, they're going to say, where's your permits? And the, the appraisal will be conditioned for that. So we won't be able to move forward with the purchase until those permits um, have gone through, which can, you know, depending on where you're at, can take a lot of time. How, how big of an issue is that? Because we'll, we'll get it, you know, hey, do I really need a permit to do this work? And, and aside from the moral permit police, and I'm not, you know, you're supposed to get a permit if you do this. Um, 
I didn't actually know that it would hold up title or even be a potential cloud on title. How, how much, how much of the time is that? Do you That's see that? Probably a very uh, small case of okay. a small number of cases, but mm -hmm. let's say you've built a giant structure. Let's say you built a giant impervious driveway and now water is running off to your neighbors and now your neighbors are having issues. If your neighbor right. says, Hey, I'm not very happy about that. And they decide to sue you. There's now all kinds of issues and title like a lender, they're going to be looking at the structures on there and they are taking on a big liability by insuring something. Mm -hmm. And they may get to a point where they say, Nope, we're not going to award title insurance on this property until these things get cleaned up. So yeah, it's a small, small number, but it can cause a huge, huge problem. Right. And Brandy, do you have any horror stories of permits? Yeah, well, and permits are just, you know, yeah, definitely so many horror stories of permits. Garage conversions are a big one mm, um, right. where, you know, people will like, oh, we just converted our garage. No big deal. And the county didn't need to know. That's usually what, you know, like the county didn't need to know. Like, why would we pay the money for the permits? Well, because, you know, when you go to sell or refinance and an appraisal is done on your home, we're not going to be able to close on that loan. Right. So, yeah, it happens a lot. And then I have had a situation with title, not so much the permits, but with different liens that are on the property because, um, you know, there's an encroachment or something. And those do have to be, you know, you have to provide documentation that those issues are cleared before they can be removed from title gotcha. um, and the property insured. So yeah, it is, you want to, you want to know what you're selling when you're, it is a real deal. Okay. <laughs> yes. well, that's good. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. So moving through the rest of the form here, 4F is a good one. Do you know any defects with related, you know, related to decks, windows, siding, you know, things like that. And so then of course, elaborate more. So again, at the bottom, I'd be saying, okay, on, on line one, what, 141, I check siding because I found the siding had a problem, yada, yada, yada. Or here's the inspector's report that identified something, et cetera. So, these are form 17 is about the borrower of the specific unit or not the borrower, the seller of the specific unit. And this other form we'll talk about is more about the property. And so I wanted to differentiate those two, but we go on to the next piece, especially for condos. Is there an HOA involved here? Uh, are there regular assessments? How much are they? And watch out for number six. Are there any pending special assessments? And so I think that is a change too. Special assessments, you know, again, I'm not a lawyer, but reading, reading some bylaws, it'll say special assessment is defined as yada, yada, yada. And typically it's voted in, it's imposed, it's this is a special assessment from this date forward. So pending special assessment, maybe doesn't need to be voted in. It's talked about, it's being bantered about. Uh, there's, there's emails going back and forth. There's board meeting minutes happening and uh, you know the, the pending special assessment. So if you're on the board or you're on the whatever, the architectural committee and you are telling somebody, hey, we're gonna have to start doing an assessment here. So for our community manager friends, I think, I think Monica will tell you, 
Well, let me just ask her, what do you, what, how does the seller know if there's a pending special assessment? They're not on the board. And so if they say no, are they going to get in trouble? So what would you advise your seller to do, Monica? Well, first of all, I don't advise how they fill it out. Um, that's not something I'm allowed to do because that is practicing law. What right. I would have them do is fill it out to the best of their ability and as accurately as possible. And typically, if there's been any assessment um, prior to mutual contract between a buyer and seller, they have to disclose that. Mm -hmm. um, and I would just encourage them to go the next step, contact their HOA manager, contact their HOA lawyer, get those things in writing, like you said, the last thing you want is for a buyer to come back and figure it out that that happened. And, you know, a court, even if the seller maybe didn't know, maybe they've been out of the country for six months, maybe they're not checking their email. But if a court says, hey, you should have known or a person would reasonably know by looking at HOA documents or meeting minutes, then there's a potential they could be held liable. So even though I can't sort of advise exactly what that pertains to, I would definitely have them um, you know, do a risk assessment and minimize their liability as much as possible. Right. And so, yeah, here's, here's the email from our manager saying there's no pending special assessments coming. And so managers pay attention, read, think about this a little bit, you know, how are you using this email? Okay, great. Because it's going into this form 17 disclosure. So let's see, I'm not going to talk about form 17 too much. But this last one, this full disclosure by seller, just the, just the name of number 10 is, is ominous. Are there any other existing material defects affecting the property that a prospective buyer should know about? To me, that's just such a leading question. But um, this is the big change, I think. And this is kind of the ollie ollie oxen for you. You got to tell us everything you know, because it may be material and it may affect the sale. Um, so in this, in this busy market of we can't do, we're, we're not going to make it subject to inspection. We're not going to make it subject to any kind of contingencies. La, 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 just give me the property and here's another hundred grand on top of the list price. How do you help your buyers go through this process, Monica, when you really wish you could do a little bit more of an inspection? How do you help them? Well, first I would start off on the selling side of warning my sellers that if you don't allow um, or if you allow a buyer to absolutely waive everything, including this tiny little clause that many people miss that says a buyer has the ability to do their due diligence over 10 days. And if they discover there's any material, you know, uh, misrepresentations or uh, disinformation that they have a right to rescind their offer. Sellers don't allow buyers to cross that off because you mm -hmm. actually open yourself up because there was no end date on it. You open yourself up for seven years for liability. And I've seen buyers come back mm. after they waived everything and sue the seller from misrepresentation. And you want to be able to look at a judge and say, hey, not only did I disclose everything, but I allowed them to do their due diligence and it looks like they didn't do it. So right. buyers read your form 17, read those documents. If you have questions, reach out to maybe an HOA manager or a board member, um, reach out to the seller, ask more questions. If there's, you know, something sort of not sitting right and you're thinking there may be more to this, either dig into it further or 
you say maybe this isn't the right one, but um, I think that, that the disclosure is every much on the seller to beware as it is the buyer to beware. And the onus is on both to truly do their due diligence and make sure that they're minimizing their own risk and making a good decision and good investment. Right. And just one, one more thing for, for board members who are selling, watch out for your emails, watch out for your board meeting minutes, watch out for any kind of conversation that you had that you're not disclosing. Um, you, I, we run into a lot of it. You know, this building, this property has problems. It's a big assessment. I'm just going to sell. See you later. And it's like, ooh, you have an email full of <laughs> conversation about all this stuff. And so it's, it's uh, we want you to be safe and and understand what you're what you're doing here. So enough about Form 17. Unless do you have anything else to add on on that? I have I have seen and witnessed um, uh, lawsuits that were successful over misrepresentation on the form 17. I don't know if, if you both have as well, but but there there is liability. So, you know, being we, as complete and accurate as possible is really important. We have half a dozen active projects dealing with disclosure issues right now. And I think it has to do with what Monica was alluding to of Buyer seller didn't get a lot of time to negotiate, and now buyer kind of feels like they got something. Hmm, they got a little short end of that stick, so they're looking for somebody to help them out. Well, absolutely, so, and especially when they feel like they overpaid for something, and they walk into something with a, a huge issue, let's say a crack in the foundation, they are seeking to blame somebody. And it's not mm -hmm. just going to be the seller, it's going to be the agent, it might be their agent, and everyone is going to be drugged into the circus. And even if the seller wins or the buyer wins, they've gone through the time, the stress, the legal fees, that may end up being more than had they just been completely forthright, and maybe yep. negotiated on that inspection or negotiated on the assessment. Um, so it really pays to do your due diligence, and like Brandy said, to fulfill you know, fill that out as accurately as possible. Right on. Okay, cool. All right. The, uh, here is Monica's information. You can find her at uh, Monica Kessler at johnlscott.com. Here's her phone number. If you've got your phone out, you can take a QR code and follow her on Instagram. Social media is great these days. And you'll see lots of pictures of my cat. Fair warning. Lots. Of your cat. Yes. Okay. And Cats houses. are important too. Cats and houses and waterfront views. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Let's get into this second form. And the second form is, is for me. And it's, it's, uh, it asks us 12 questions and for some reason it causes us to pull our hair out, but it is really brand new. And here's what's going on with this form. This is Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. And Fannie and Freddie are the secondary loan buyers of every 30-year mortgage, uh, about 85% of them. And so it's the government program that, that carries, the, carries the mortgage. And so uh, Caliber will sell you a loan and then service that loan, but they don't carry the 30 years of debt. They sell it to the secondary market like everybody else does or a majority does. And so we have to fit what goes into this loan program. And so this appears to be a direct result out of the Florida condominium collapse in Surfside. 
Whereas if you follow that at all, uh, lots of units in one big, one big building, the building collapses and you know, the part that didn't collapse gets demolished anyway because uh, it's dangerous and it needs to be torn down. So the mortgages in that building don't have anything left to claim against. And a lot of mortgages lost everything if there wasn't any insurance proceeds, et cetera. And that's a whole nother topic. But in a typical property, if you, you have insurance, so when it burns down, the insurance not only names the mortgage lender as, some, as, as a mortgage holder or, or somebody to pay off from these insurance proceeds, but it makes sure the house gets rebuilt, the bank has an asset there that they can foreclose on and resell just in case they have a problem. But when the building gets torn down or falls down, there's no recourse. So all that long, long description to say, here comes a banking regulation that affects all 50 states that was pretty much implemented in a, in a very short amount of time. This, this came into effect mid-March. And uh, this is, you know, every condo, most, con most states have a condo act that has been vetted by lawyers, gone through the House and Senate and voted and da 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 And they're all a little different. This form says all 50 states, if you want a loan, you're going to do this, period. And we're not going to ask for your vote. We're not going to do anything. This, and so it's kind of a, whoa, here comes, the, here comes the banking industry setting some policy. And it's very interesting. So I know I had to get that out. But anyway, we, we started getting a bunch of calls saying, hey, J2, can you give us can you fill out that Fannie Mae form for us? And we're like, what form are you talking about? Or what, what do you need? So we really started digging and digging and, and we've had several associations say, help, we need your help on this. Because the form starts out with question number one. When was the last building inspection by a licensed architect, licensed engineer, or any other building inspector? Now, this, this isn't talking about unit 207 that's applying for a loan, it's a talking about the whole building or the whole property. And it's just a date. It doesn't say, did you do one or not? It says, tell me the date. So this one's really the bank underwriting question. Has this property ever been inspected by a licensed engineer or architect or building inspector? So let's talk about that building inspector there. They don't further define it, but they are holding it to a standard of somebody that knows what they're doing a licensed architect, licensed engineer, or other building inspector. That could be a building envelope inspector like J2 or somebody that works on these buildings that knows what to look at. So has it been inspected or just when was it inspected? And then we get into, and I'll break it down real fast and I'll come back and talk to Brandy just about it. But section two says, are there any findings? Did the last inspection have any findings related to the safety, structural integrity, habitability, and have these things been repaired? Bottom line, check out what should be 2D. Provide a copy of the inspection and the HOA's meeting minutes to document these findings and what is their action plan. Wow. So, well, we also know from the Surfside collapse is that the boards, you know, the boards come and go, right? But engineers throughout 
a long period of time said you have problems, you have problems, you have problems. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be expensive. And then the boards were like, just kicking the can down the street. We don't want to deal with it. Or we're going to take a stab at it. And then they get voted down or we're going to try it. So there was knowledge of this problem in their meeting minutes for years. And so the bank wants to know, say, hey, when did you last look at it? And do you have any problems with it? And have you talked about an action plan? Yes, no. And so another, another thing, if, if there's no engineer, is the HOA aware of any deficiencies related to this stuff? And if yes, how? And then we get into code sections. Number four, are there any outstanding violations of ordinances or codes related to this stuff? But then we talk about number six, does the project have a funding plan for its deferred maintenance? So maintenance is way different than code violations or structural integrity issues. Maintenance is caulking and paint. So does the project have a funding plan for its caulking and paint? And if so, what's the schedule of that? And then it goes down to eight and nine, has the HOA had a reserve study done in the past three years? And what's the total reserve account balance? So this one is fascinating. I know I'm just going and going and going here, but this one is fascinating because if you take Washington State, for instance, they do have a requirement to have a reserve study, but there's a little get out of jail free card. It says you have to have a reserve study unless it's financially difficult to do so or something to that effect. And I, I talked to a lot of boards and they well, we don't have to do one because it's too expensive. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. Now, is the bank going to say you haven't done a reserve study? And are you watching that? So let me stop. Brandy, you're in the mortgage industry. This came out roughly mid-March. What, what happened in your office? Was it like, ding, 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 ring the bell. We got this new form. What's going on? Was there training? Was it a surprise? What, what happened? Um, yeah, there's just, it's, it came out really fast, like you said. So there was, you know, some alerts and like, what are trying to figure out, you know, what, how we're going to use the form? What are we going to do with this? Um, and, you know, I think industry-wide, there was like a big, you know, slam on your brakes. Like, we don't know, you know, what the backlash is going to be. We don't know how these are going to sell. And um, so there was some conservative decision made decisions made right there out of the gate. But then I also, I also think part of the big problem was trying to get the information from the HOA boards, right, mm -hmm. and management companies because they weren't prepared to provide this information. So that did hold up some of our transactions. Um, right. And you know, I think being a couple months into it now, we've found some workarounds, you know, I've been able to breathe and go, okay, let's find some solutions to these issues. You know, if it's going to hold up a transaction, where can we find some room? So, you know, we've got different levels of review. We've got our full reviews, um, which are required on anything less than 10% down on owner-occupied or anything less than 25% down um, on non-owner-occupied or second homes. And then if you're a two to four unit or detached, we don't need this the questionnaire at all. Um, but for those those limited reviews outside of that, we do have to do limited reviews. We were able to find some solutions where we could just use an appraisal to avoid doing the full questionnaire. We tried to find workarounds where we could just to get loans moving through, right? Okay. And then Let's, I think it's- let, let, yeah. let me press pause for a second. Yeah. So if the buyer is putting 9% down or a VA loan, 0% 0, 0 down, right? It's a great program for the military. They should be able to take advantage of it. 
But if it's less than a certain amount or an investor is less than 25% in your case, then the board and the management company are obligated to do something, fill this thing out. Okay. So we've got our first uh, sign or, or thing of uh, the borrower is going to be driving what the board or the mm-hmm. management company has to do. Is that, I mean, I can see a backlash of, you know, the board saying tough beans, you got to put 10% down. Yeah. But some discrimination. That would, that would almost be kind of discrimination, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but then, okay, now I can see the managers saying I need a fee to go through this. And you as the borrower, if you're not putting that down, I need a big fee to do a full form. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. are there fees coming? Are there? I, I haven't seen a change in fees. It's meant mostly the wait, mm-hmm. waiting periods are longer. I think, um, you know, I don't know what that increased fee structure, but if it's taking additional time, I mean, my my hope would be that the, the boards and management companies would get, you know, get in a place where they could all have this information at their fingertips and either right. do it once and not have to keep recreating it. So it's not right. extra work when they do the questionnaire, but I know that that's going to take a lot of work for everybody to get to that point. So so kind of almost a pre-approval or not, not necessarily approval, but pre-processed. So when com- somebody says, hey, I need that Fannie Mae form, great, boom, here it is. And then we have to update a few little things because we did some maintenance and here's a new board meeting minute um, that may talk about that. And our special assessments and our reserve study, that's part of some disclosures now anyway, but it's it's really fascinating in the sense of the what is the meeting minute document findings and action plan of a board when they meet once a month mm-hmm. are our deals going to be slowed down to well our board doesn't meet till the fourth week of every month and that could be really impactful to our transactions but also like an action plan i don't know if i've i've been on boards before right an action mm-hmm. plan typically is not you know, we don't come up with an action plan in one, one sitting, right? right? So this is right. a long process. So if a board um, doesn't have this started already, I don't think it's going to happen overnight, right? So that's right. being, you know, preventative in, in this is going to be huge because you want to be able to be on that good list, the approved condo list, right? Right, <laughs> right. Did Now, so we, we talk about it in the industry of, of being, having a dark cloud over that property and, and, Monica, from the from the real estate side of things, we've we've heard agents say, you know what, I sold a unit to you know a good friend of mine or a good client of mine in that place, and leak after leak and mold after mold. I'm never bringing anybody in there again until they fix those decks. And so we we talk to we talk to boards about there is kind of this unwritten black cloud over your place. Probably talk to any real estate agent. Do you know what I'm talking about? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had clients move into condo complexes and uh, realize that it wasn't what they had expected. And, you know, I've shown numerous complexes over and over. And I think there's a little bit of myth there and a little bit of reality. Um, The myth Mm -hmm. portion, though, can be solved when I'm showing a buyer a property and I'm starting to do my own due diligence for them, dig into things. And if I'm starting to see issues, I'm going to dig in further and have them dig in further. But the reality of that is um, absolutely, I have a duty to deal with my buyer in uh, honesty and fairness. 
-hmm. they're looking to me to be the expert and to advise them. And if I know something that they should know or that they really need to dig deep into, even consult a lawyer after mm -hmm. getting those resale certificate, all those HOA documents, like I am going to do everything I can to protect my buyer in one of the biggest investments that they have of their lifetime. So yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to be telling them what I know. Right, right. And then Brandy, you, you were talking about the good list and the bad list, the naughty list. I mean, could people get like, get this form kind of going and get into the good list and, and expedite yeah. their deals? Is that... Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, we have the the approved condo list. I mean, Caliber has a great condo department, but you've got also, mm -hmm. you know, the different government programs, they have their websites where they haven't, but I'll always just go when I'm working with an agent and a buyer, like go and pull up the condo and look and see if it's on the approved list. It'll say, you know, approved through X date. We don't need to do anything. Caliber's got everything they need on that property. It makes for what, a really what would, smooth what would transaction. Cause somebody to, what would cause a community not to be on that approved list? So if they haven't, so Caliber hasn't financed um, a, a transaction through, uh, you know, on that, on that complex. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then also like if, they, if, let's say we had one where they were not approved, that will also show up. So it's going to keep, so you're either going to have them not on the list because we haven't lent to them um, or mm -hmm. lent on that building and then um, approved, or you could have not approved and here's why. Um, and so that's where you could have issues even outside of the parameters we talked about where you don't need a full questionnaire. Mm -hmm. If it's, if it's on that list as like this building has had issues, you, we're going to have to do more due diligence on that project. At the end of the day, like Monica's saying, making sure that, um, our clients are protected in their purchase. Um, right. 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 Now you were before I before I paused you earlier, you were talking about maybe you've gotten some solutions to get through this. And and like anything, maybe there's a pendulum is swinging from the left and the right. And when this form comes out, maybe we're excited, um, but maybe it's calming down a little bit. What what are what are other do we always need this form if it's 10 percent, 25 percent? And what, um, what are some other? Yeah, things? typically. Yeah, well, typically, yeah, sometimes on the, if, if a limited review is required, there are some outs on that where in some cases we can do an appraisal and in lieu of doing the full questionnaire. Um, and as long as the information is there, you know, we're not seeing any deferred maintenance, that sort of thing, um, mm -hmm. we can use that um, in some cases. And then there's also some cases, I mean, not, I don't want to speak to what we can or can't do, but there are some cases where we can do what we'll call a non-warrantable condo loan, which is not sold to Fannie or Freddie, it's, it's, a mm -hmm. you know, private, more of a private investor loan. And, okay. but those are rare, they're higher risk and, um, higher so interest rate. right, right. Yeah. So typically, you know, you're not going to have, especially, you know, your typical condo buyers are, are probably going to steer away from those types of programs. Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, at the end of the day, they want to, you know, we want, they need, we need to know we have sound collateral. So even on those products, sure. we're going to make sure we have sound collateral, but you want your buyers to know that they can sell the condo too, you know, that they're right. not going to be in a situation where they have an assessment that is too large for them to afford, or they're in a position where they can't sell. Right. Right. And so well, I'm, and I'm clicking, clicking to the third thing of just total assessments and has the HOA obtained any loans, but can uh, I, Monica, can I yeah. Take you back? Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. the last thing that you want is for a seller to not be able to sell their unit because mm -hmm. of this, especially when you have well-qualified buyers at the table. Mm 
And yeah, you may get lucky and get a cash buyer, but um, it's going to affect all of the unit's values. If this seller's unit is not selling, that's mm -hmm. going to affect their value. That affects everybody. And so I guess my advice to an HOA or a, an owner is to be involved in this process. Find out where your HOA is with this process. There's a lot of mm -hmm. agents who have never heard of this. I had not heard about this. Um, mm -hmm. And as a seller, as an owner, get involved in your HOA. Read your meeting, meeting minutes. Vote. Get on the board. Um, the head in the sand is, is not going to work anymore. And unfortunately, right. by the time you figure out what's going on, uh, it may be too late. So definitely getting ahead of this, for sure. Right. Have, have you, you hadn't heard of the form, but have you done any deals since in condos? And do, uh, do other agents know about this form that you've heard they of? They don't. As a matter of fact, I submitted an offer this morning. I'm waiting to find out if we are the winners or not. Um, and when I spoke to the agent earlier, uh, she was not aware of this. And I don't think her sellers mm. are aware of this. And it's a very small HOA, um, right. it, only five units. So you have four board members and the seller actually happens to be a board member as well. Um, right. But most people haven't heard of it. And so I was able to kind of cue her up and say, just so you know, this may cause some delays and Google you may want to look into this. Yeah, yeah, Fannie Mae Form 1076. So, um, Brandy, you said four units or less didn't need this, right? Correct. Two units or less? So, four it's it's less. two to four unit condos and detached mm -hmm. condos don't require the questionnaire. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. So yep. And then they won't always see them on a traditional form. Um, Caliber has the questions built into their condo questionnaire so that. Gotcha. So that we're encompassing them all in the same document. So it's not a separate form that they have to fill out from our traditional questionnaire. So Fannie and Freddie only require that the information is there. It doesn't have to be exact It can on their form. It can be pulled into our own custom Gotcha. Form. Okay. So for our boards, you're going to get these questions. When was the last building inspection done? That's whole building, that's whole property, not unit 201 by a home inspector, okay? When was the last inspection done? Did this inspection have any findings related to the safety and structural integrity, kind of safety issues? Is the building going to fall over, deck's going to fall off, stuff like that? If yes, have these repairs been completed? If no, when will they be completed? And then can we need a copy of that inspection report and the board meeting minutes to document the findings and action plan. And so then are you as a board aware of this stuff? Have the decks fallen off recently and you just haven't gotten the building inspected at all? And then are there, do you know about any uh, code violations? It sounds like a lot like form 17 disclosures, doesn't it? Do you know anything about what's going on? Have you done any remodeling? Have you had an inspector look at it? You know, so the, and the big thing is, do you have your funding plan? Do you have a reserve study completed in the last three years? What's your reserve account? Uh, are there any current special assessments? You know, you got to kind of lay this stuff out. Takes a little bit of thinking, a little bit of time to figure this stuff out. And then has the HOA obtained any loans to finance improvements? This is kind of a bylaw question. When we, when we work with boards going through this, can we get an HOA loan? Yes, you can if your bylaws are modified so that the, you know, that the board or the association can borrow. This is an important thing. And so 
this kind of getting this package together, I think is what we're talking about of getting this together, getting, maybe it's not perfectly done, but when you get these, Hey, we got a new thing selling a uh, new unit up for sale. We need, we need this done because if units aren't selling, what happens to all the units, Monica? <clears throat> they all you have there, right? very mad homeowners. Oh, that's right. And part of part of this part of the goal. And who of are they going to blame? Everyone loves really? to blame someone. Who are they going to blame? The board. Going to blame the board. They're they can't blame, blame the, the lender. lender. And what right. are they going to blame? You know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Right. Good luck getting a hold of them. They're busy. Right. And then, hey, they're going to blame J two. Let's take take that through there. I, you know, I'm just not going to call a J two. I'm just going to go la 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 la. Well, it doesn't matter. And the bank says, when was the last time it's been inspected? doesn't say, have you had it done? And so not calling an inspector actually puts you further behind. Now we're, like I said, we're getting all these calls. Hey, I need to get that Fannie Mae thing done. And I don't know what to tell you to do. So <laughs> now it's like, well, you need an inspection. We at least need a visual inspection of the property to get that done and have it in place. It's been in the last one, two, three years so if it's not us, you, you need to be keeping track of who has been out on your properties. You know, a couple of years ago, we thought we had somebody, I forgot who it was, uh, dig up that old information, get it together. And then if that old report had some problems in it, code violations or structural issues, ugh, now we got to take care of it. And so, yeah, we're starting to see these calls of, hey, three years ago, you came out here and you did something. And we say, really, did you do anything about it? And here's, here's the real world example. This is Google Earth. I had a client call, hey, you, you looked at our place five years ago and I, I was on the board and I've since moved and I have a new, I'm in a new place and I have this, have this new challenge I'd like to talk to you. And so I was like, what was the name of that place? And here's Google Earth images, the car with the little camera that drives by. I'm looking at it, I'm just going, oh brother. Here is your deck shoring that we told you to put on these decks five years ago. And I see nothing has changed. And I see old openings from inspections. And I'm just like, guys, so this form talks about that. Does the board know of any kind of report? Have they done anything about it? Do they have a repair plan together? Do they have financing together? This place is asleep and they just and keep Jen, kicking the can down the, down the road. Yes, fact, I have shown this exact complex numerous times. Um, and I do know. Do you still been, see this? Do you still see the crutches? This building on crutches. Yes. yes. And it's, um, it's. What unsightly. do your buyers say? What do your buyers say when they walk around? They're going, what, what is that? I, we, they <laughs> say that it's, it's hideous. And what it does is it pops up all these red flags of why hasn't this been taken care of? Oh, you knew about this five, six years ago. Oh, and you got, you know, a, a quote for a couple million dollars. You assessed the unit. Guess what? We're a couple years down the road. Uh, labor and supplies have not gotten right. Cheaper. And so now quote. homeowners have mm -hmm. to deal with that. And, right. you know, I, again, I have a duty to protect my buyer and their best interest right. and advise them the best way that I can. And, in this instance, I absolutely would warn them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
so Jens, tell me what happens. I'm sure you've seen this when you've then got this assessment that never happened. Now these unit owners were in a different economy. They can't afford to pay this assessment. So you've got all these owners that can't come up with the funding. Nobody can sell. What happens in that situation? Right, right. And it's, and yeah, there's about three questions in there. So the and we're, we're the guys you'd call about, hey, can I fix this stucco and how do I redo these decks? And we can tell you how to put all that together. But sitting in board meetings and advising boards and listening to boards go through this process. Um, okay, great, let's go get it fixed. And they get the first bid and it's a lot of money and it's a big assessment. And they're like, ah, the, you know, there's only five of us and we have to divide a bill by $2 million. Yikes, I'm no math guy, but that's uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So First step is uh, get several bids, go to market, try to figure out, try to value engineer, try to whittle it down. We got to get something done. We got to get these crutches off the building. It looks like the decks are the worst or come back to us and say, help me prioritize. I don't have the money to do it all at once. I got to be able to kind of go through this and work my way through it with an action plan. Remember, we heard that word. What is your action plan? What is your financing plan? What is your reserve plan? And the reserve plan, get me on another soapbox here. The dumbest thing I hear from the new board president is no new taxes under my watch. Dude, price gas has gone up three bucks a gallon. And we were talking about, you know, construction prices and all that stuff. There has to be new taxes under your watch. Otherwise, you are way behind. And so let me step off that soapbox. But anyway, so again, it, yeah, what are, the building isn't healing itself. It's five years old. New buyers are walking through going, I love the setting. I love the modern look. I love the trees. I love this stuff. What is that? Why, well, why, is, why is that address, on crutches? When you're saying go out and get those multiple bids and you have HOAs that say, let's go with the cheapest bid. Let's go, go with the consultant that tells us what we want to hear. Guess right. what? Just like a seller you know, misrepresenting and it biting them in the behind and costing yep. them more, it's going to cost you more rather than just addressing it right and getting it taken care of on the front end the first time. Yep. yep, yep, totally agree. So coming into this healthy with a reserve plan and a reserve study, dealing with your maintenance issues and then being able to, you know, double check and, and investigate, find out what's going wrong with your building break it down into pieces, put a plan together, be able to be able to address this. But I don't want to pick on this association, but this is public knowledge on the Google. And so here's your, I mean, why do you have shoring on your building still? Holy smokes. So anyway, um, so that, anything- That reserve, yeah, the reserve issue I was going to call out. I, I don't think we talked much about that earlier, but right. we, on this questionnaire, we do need to see those reserves and make sure um, that, you know, they can handle the little things that come along, not only these big things, but just the, the little day-to-day -day right. repairs. And I always tell when I'm working on my pre-approvals, I'm like, don't go look. And I know, Monica, you'll, you'll walk through this too. I'm like, don't go look for HOA dues because people can see it on Zillow. Oh, this one's got low HOA dues. Well, great. That might sound great for your budget, but that might not be good for your budget long-term. So that's a conversation we have too, is like making sure that, you know, if it has low dues, that that condo has um, 
you know, enough money set aside to handle those things that come along and are, are you're paying into that reserve budget every month. So right. low dues don't always, aren't always a good thing. And I, and I always right. chat with my buyers about that. Okay. Yeah. Any other comments about here's the two forms and this, this new Fannie Mae form is big and I've seen the chat questions going kind of crazy here. So I know we have some questions, but anything else we want to talk about? I know we're trying to stay within our hour thing and we're, we're right there. We've got no, nine minutes I, left I'm for Q&A. personally happy about this. I think it protects our buyers. It protects our residents. Who doesn't know someone that lives in a condo? I'd like to know that if I'm living in a condo, they've gone through this process and, mm -hmm. you know, representing a buyer. And so I think if it's bringing better safety standards for residents and for potential sure. buyers, I, I think that's good for everybody. Right. Bingo. Same. The, okay, uh, okay. Cool. All right. Here's how to get a hold of Brandy. Brandy Hecker, sales manager. Brandy.hecker at caliberhomeloans.com. Here's follow her on Instagram as well. What are we going to see on Instagram with loans? Are we going to see 152,000, 172,000? I mean, before and afters with real estate, I think would be fun, but are we going to see this, this happy couple just closed on their loan? What are we going to see? You're going to see some good reviews. You're going to see my team because I work with, yeah. you know, I, I have this office in Snohomish. We have a great vibe in here. Mm -hmm lots of mm -hmm. surrounded by great people. So you'll see pictures of my team. You'll see some mm -hmm. reviews. You can see some of what we're doing in the community. You'll see some of my dog. We have this dog friendly office. So we have our, our cool. pets in here, emotional support animals throughout the day because mortgage can be stressful. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, we can agree with that. Okay, Hecker Home Loans. Remember Brandy for these kinds of questions. So let's get over to the Q&A. Dun, 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 dun. Drum roll, please. And I'm going to look in the chats. Do we have any Q&As? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm looking through the chats. Here's the Google. Here's the names and numbers and no questions. Okay. We don't have any questions. So folks, just Google that form, form, Franny May form 1076A and start kind of thinking how your board's going to start responding to this stuff. And also, we're going to wake up and some people are going to be ahead of the game or behind the game. There's going to be some mortgage companies that signed, sealed, and delivered something and then realize they can't sell it on the secondary market. So they're going to be coming back to the managers and the board. Hey, uh, we need a copy of your board meeting minutes. And, uh, we, you know, we need to kind of check these boxes for us. And, and there, there might even be deals kind of coming back. Hey, we need, to, we need to finish this out. We need your help, please. So get ready for that. Um, and since there are, let's see, stay tuned for giveaways here. So next slide, giveaways. So here we go. And what are, what are folks giving away today? Brandy, what are you giving away? I have a Caliber mug and some golf balls, Caliber branded here. Um, so we'll get cool. those into the mail for the lucky winner. Do you want my number here? Uh, well, no, we'll do that. I'll explain the numbering thing. Monica, okay, perfect, perfect. You're muted. <laughs> Just eye candy anyway. I buy, sell, come on, live Northwest t-shirt, a cozy a hat there and you go. a little cooler sorry 
A cooler bag. Sweet. A cooler bag. Okay. And then everybody's liked our fresh ground coffee. So we're going to, we're going to do some more J2 brew, some of that good coffee to get us going. You can put that in Brandy's bag and you can wear your hat backwards, Monica's hat and have your <laughs> coffee in the morning and get ready for a big day. So let's see how we're going to do this. Since we have three giveaways, we are going to um, have Brandy, Monica and myself pick a number uh, and it's going to be one through eight. And so pick a number and Brooke will identify the participants and uh, you, she will number you. And so we're going to pick our numbers. Brandy, go ahead and pick your numbers. I will say numbers. eight. Eight is You're great. Say eight. <laughs> okay. Eight gets Brandy stuff. Monica. Seven. Seven. We're working backwards. So number seven gets that and number five gets the coffee. So you will see these things. Uh, Brooke will reach out to each one of you into the chat and get your information and we can go from there. And the, uh, there we go. I see Mary Fanning's one, Koi has one. And uh, let's see, there's going to be some determination later. But anyway, we want to be sensitive to our hour time frame. So special thanks again to Monica and Brandy. Uh, here's their numbers real quick. And both of them will answer your questions. If you got quick things, you don't have to necessarily have a deal with them, but give them a shout, ask them a quick question and see if they can help you. So thank you both to being on today and providing your insight. And then Thank obviously, for thanks us. for attending. Oh, yep. Go ahead. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah. Thank you, you for the invite. I appreciate it. I appreciate being um, invited to, to join their conversation today. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So to schedule a quick call with me, you can do it at this link or hello at j2consultants.com, or you can even little scan things, scan, scan our stuff and follow us on social. You'll find our dogs and office shenanigans going on there as well. And don't forget, we'll be back at the fourth or the last Tuesday of every month. Um, take a photo of the slide or add it to your calendar and you will be invited. So thank you all for attending Form 17 Disclosures. Make sure you work through each one of those and that new Fannie Mae form, now you know what it is. And so the three of us can help you through that. So. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you next, next month. Bye, everybody. Bye.